0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We got a lot to break down today. More news on the Portland Trailblazers and their interest in Ben Simmons. Damian Lillard maybe wanting him to come to town. But first, Keith, you're you're decked out in your Patriots hat. There, uh, I can't tell if it's a Patriots shirt that it you're is wearing. i wearing a Patriots shirt too. The Patriots uh, now sitting in in what first place. Uh, and Mac Jones just on fire, led the team to victory against the bills. Just a, a thrilling shootout of a game. Had to love to see that.
1: Yeah. Hey, anytime you can win a game, uh, thrown <laughs> it back to 1950s football, I'll take it. It was, uh, you know, as, as I put on Twitter as captain America, noted Patriots fan says whatever it takes. Right? And, and they, they did whatever it took uh, last night to, to get a win. So I am in a uh, extremely good mood this morning. Um, I The Patriots used to be my like bellwether, as anybody in my mm-hmm. life would tell you. If they won a game, I was fine for a week. If they lost, my whole week was ruined until the next uh, next game. I, I've grown up and matured just a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, a win still makes me a pretty happy guy.
0: Well, last night I needed Damian Harris to be a monster, which he was. Yeah. Uh, but I also needed the Patriots to uh, really, really slow down Josh Allen, and they did not do enough of that. So thank oh, you for it. handing me that That loss. It uh, was a frustrating one. But <laughs> in any event, we've got some Blazers news to get into here, and Sixers as well. So this came out from Kyle Newbeck, who covers the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, mentioned that the the Sixers are not currently in negotiations for C.J. McCollum, which is what we believe would probably be the main piece in a Blazers-Sixers trade. And that as of right now, C.J. McCollum is not a piece that the 76ers would be interested in. Keith, you and I talked about yesterday that the the offer that's floating around out there, or the potential deal that's floating around out there, C.J. McCollum, one of the young guys, maybe it's Anthony Simons, maybe it's Nasir Little, plus a first-round pick, sounds pretty reasonable, but then Sixers are going to Sixer. And now they're saying, not only do we, do we want a ton of picks and all these other things that we would want, uh, we're not even that interested in C.J. McCollum.
1: Yeah. In the reporting, the initial reporting from Sham Sharani and Sam Amick, which came out yesterday, it didn't characterize those negotiations as recent no. because they were uh, they they were couched in. That was when Neil O'Shea was talking with Daryl Morey and and those kind of things. So it was more just that framework had been discussed. Uh, and then the Sixers pushed back with we'll take McCollum and I think it was four first round yeah. picks and swaps in the in-between years, which Portland did can't even really do because they already owe a protected pick in another trade so it's just kind of messy but yeah i my guess is there's some posturing going on now on all sides here there's going to be a little bit of a push i don't think i've said it i still think simmons gets traded Mm -hmm. i just don't think it happens in the next like couple weeks i think this one probably is a closer to the trade deadline kind of thing unless for some reason philly goes on like a five or six game losing streak and it starts to look like the playoffs are going to be really unlikely then maybe that gives them a little bit of a kick in the pants to make a move but i think they'll drag this out at least to the trade deadline which is honestly not the worst thing to do as long as you're playing okay because that's going to allow how uh, you get the biggest trade packages. And you'll also get to a point where maybe some other team gets really desperate and is willing to right. throw you in the extra thing or two that you would really like in a deal.
0: Now, Damian Lillard is under contract for three more seasons after this one, 42 million next season, 45 million the season after 48 million yep. and change the season after that closer to 49 million. Um, but he's also going to be extension eligible uh, this off season. How big of a factor is that? In these discussions like Damian Lillard has not been great this season. The Blazers have not been good at all. Do the Blazers also have to be weighing the possibility now that Olshay is not there anymore of just trading Damian Lillard as painful as that would be for them?
1: Yeah, it's hard, right? Because if you're Joe Cronin and you're in charge right now, um, one is I don't even know that ownership would sign off on that to to do that, especially if they're not convinced Cronin's going to be the guy moving forward. Uh, And it doesn't sound like he is. It very much sounds like he's kind of a caretaker until they hire someone permanently to run the basketball operations. But so let's say you're the new guy who comes in and let's say you do come in Yo, know, anytime between now and the beginning of of the off season, do you really want your first move to be <laughs> trading away the franchise uh, player, the the arguably the best player in franchise history? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. That's really really hard. Um, my guess is. You're going to, at a bare minimum, give it the rest of this season, see if Damian Lillard can get on track. Maybe it's really been this abdominal thing that, that's uh, caused him to, mm-hmm. um, you know, struggle out of the gate. So that I just don't know that you can come right in and be like, let's do it. I mean, that's a you know, heck of a way to start a tenure. And yeah. the good thing is if you wanted to do a full-scale Oklahoma City-type teardown, you could come away with – you know, incredible package yeah. of picks and young players if you started trading away because it's beyond game right cj mccollum's a guy teams would be
0: interested in covington If
1: philadelphia isn't uh, robert covington Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah. yeah larry nance yeah exactly they've got a lot of veteran players that i think you could convince other teams to say hey take a shot on." what they don't have is young players that you feel ready like okc had at least uh Chandler, just alexander um you don't have that guy where you feel like well, this is our guy so come out and watch him while we you know reset but maybe you do that and get into the draft and and this is a pretty good draft and there's a couple uh, pacific northwest kids uh, uh um available at the top of the draft couple of big men that if you wanted to early bottom this thing out, you, you could, but you'd have to get going on that now because there's a couple teams that have a pretty good head start yes. on you as far as the uh, tanking process goes.
0: Well, but but like OKC got Shea Gilders Alexander in the Paul George trade, so it's yeah. possible that they could find that piece in a trade sure. yeah. uh, if they put Damian Lillard out there on the market. Twenty nine teams are going to say, "Well, will you take this?" Right, and yeah. they're going to put forth some kind of offer. So For maybe sure. they could find that piece. Uh, on the trade front. Not saying I even have somebody in mind who's out there at this point, just if they decide to go down that path. But I agree. I think that that type of a move is probably not the most likely thing here. I do think they continue to explore things with Ben Simmons to see if something works out there. But again, just funny that that the 76ers kind of put out that he's not a player that, that we're interested in. CJ McCollum isn't like Okay, come on. You know, you can tell us all about how much you don't like the guy. I know you're trying to, sure. to drive the price down, but the 76ers at some point are going to have to come down to earth too.
1: And I get it too. Maybe what they're saying is, hey, Portland, go get a third team. Sure. Because we, we we don't want McCallum. And I can kind of understand it, right? If, if Tyrese Maxey's not going to be part of the trade, it's going to be hard to play Maxi Curry and McCollum enough minutes for the three to be uh, really effective. So that does get a little tricky mm-hmm. uh, to figure out and pull off. You, you would still need wing help, probably. Uh, depending on where you go up up front, you're probably okay with Embiid, Harris, Niang, and Drummond. Um, but yeah, you, you'd still need another wing in that case. So yeah, let's see you know where this all co- comes together. But yeah, it's uh, I, I wouldn't be. Fully surprised if Philly's not super enthused on CJ McCollum, unless they, they either have another trade lined up to get themselves the wing help they need, or it's, Hey, let's rope in a third team where McCollum gets routed there and we get the wing help that we need instead from, from them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's jump to, well, let's jump to my team. LeBron James had some comments yesterday about Frank Vogel and the criticism he's received. There's been varying degrees of speculation that Vogel could be on the hot seat given the Lakers' slow start compared to what the expectations were coming into the season. Obviously, there have been a lot of external factors as well in terms of injuries and suspensions and and healthy safety protocols and everything else. But LeBron was asked about the criticism Vogel has received, and... He didn't exactly give a ringing endorsement. Here's what he said. He said, I think criticism comes with the job. You know, Frank is a strong-minded guy. He has a great coaching staff, and we as his players have to do a better, uh, better job of going out and producing on the floor. We're a team and an organization that doesn't mind some adversity, that don't mind people saying things about us, obviously, because it comes with the territory. So... I mean, LeBron says Vogel has a great coaching staff, says we don't mind people saying things like he... There's nothing overtly negative that he says here, but he also doesn't specifically say, oh, this criticism is unwarranted. Frank Vogel is a great coach. No, he says he has a great coaching staff. And I don't want to read too much into this, but there was an opportunity there too for Frank Vogel or for LeBron to go to bat for his coach, and he didn't really do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're in one sense you'd like him to come out and be like hey knock it off yeah like, frank vogel's fine he's not the problem here in another sense i think there are people who would very much like lebron to come out and be like he stinks we need a new coach sure. right i see enough of that all over social media especially uh, in your mentions uh on a very regular basis i i also think uh right he kind of played it down the middle i mean he's a smart guy he's never gonna say you know all that much He's he you know put it on the players too which is is also true absolutely the reality is you probably do need it, but yeah i'm very uh interested to see what happens with the lakers just for a whole bunch of reasons just because we've said it over and over and over again there's no easy trade here there's Mm -hmm. no easy moves to make to bring in help and and again the as the saying goes and it's held true forever is you can't fire all the players so you usually fire the coach so i i continue to maintain if we get to christmas and they're still Five hundred ish. Maybe there is a change that's made. If for no other reason, hey, let's try to shake this up and give ourselves some life going into the into the calendar year and into the uh, stretch run of the season.
0: Yeah, it's really the you know the one thing you can do right is is to get rid of the coach. Or the easiest move to make is to change out the coach and then see see if that works. And if not, uh, it's like when you're doing home repair right and you've got you've got your cheap option to fix something and then you've got your really expensive option well you're going to try the cheap option first and if it works (laughs) great you're golden and then if it doesn't work then you're probably going to go to the more expensive option and i wish i had not being much of a handyman i don't have a great example to give you off the top of my head. But uh, that's that's kind of the scenario the Lakers are in, where they can try to do something that would be fairly cost-effective in terms of just changing out the coach. Uh, and if that doesn't work, then you start to take more drastic measures. But we'll see where things go from here. Uh, Keith? Hey, you ever you, watch
1: HGTV shows?
0: Like, sometimes. Do you, do you watch
1: some of those? You ever watch the ones where they're like, you can do this whole makeover. Oh, this room in And it's house way less than what it actually bucks. is. Yeah. And it's like, Well, well, but it's like, yeah, if you're a trained like contractor that can do the electrical and the plumbing and all that stuff yourself and all the supplies are donated
0: because you're on the TV show.
1: Exactly. And you have all the tools already available. It's like, yeah, no, like, yes, I agree. I can go to Home Depot and buy all the same materials for the amount of money you're telling me, but then I have to hire skilled craftsmen to do whatever it is. And they have to have all the tools. I don't just have this stuff laying around my house, nor do I have the skills. So I always laugh at that when I see those shows. It's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, if you're, you know, if you're me hosting my own HGTV show, you can do this for $50. And it's like, but if you're you, it's going to cost you a thousand.
0: Uh, my my father-in-law just retired and he was a contractor. And then we, whenever they come over, we would put on HGTV because it just, you know, it's fairly bland, whatever, yep. programming, you know, that everybody will, you know, it's just background noise as you're talking and stuff. But, yep. but things will come up and it would be like, redo this kitchen for $5,000. <laughs> and he'd be like, quadruple that. That's how much that costs. And, it, yep. it, yeah, it gets ridiculous. But in any event, <laughs> back to basketball. Um, so we'll see what does happen with the Lakers. But we do know one thing that's happening with the Lakers. They're playing your Celtics tonight. Yeah. And, uh, and Keith, what, what's the injury front on this? Other for the Lakers, it sounds like Carmelo Anthony is sick, but we don't know yet for sure whether or not he's going to play. Other than that, it sounds like everybody that would be expected to play—you know, Trevor, Reason, Kendrick Nunn—obviously not playing. Everybody else should be available. What's uh, what's the situation like on your end?
1: Yeah, Al Horford is going to be back. He sat out the second night of a back-to-back up in Portland the other night, uh, but he's back. That they, they called it lower back soreness or tightness, but Really was he's old, and it was the second night of a back-to-back with travel, uh, and he played a lot of minutes against Utah the prior night. Uh, Romeo Langford rolled an ankle in the Utah game, missed the Portland game. He's going to be back, but the big one is Jalen Brown. Yeah. He's still dealing with the hamstring mm. uh, issue. The Celtics have now said uh, basically Jalen Brown wants to play, and he wants to play through this. Uh, if you've watched, he doesn't look right. He's not moving moving as well. He's not as explosive. I mm-hmm. uh, had a play play in the last game he played where it was a fast break and he just kind of couldn't get the lift that that you usually see with him and he's usually one of the more explosive players in the league uh so we'll see um uh, Email Udoka before the Portland game said Jalen Brown was basically begging him to let him play, and he said we're going to be really careful with this because it's a hamstring. You just you don't want that turning into a month long thing, or even like a James Harden deal where you're just you know it doesn't get better. So so we'll see if he goes tonight. I kind of have my doubts he'll play tonight um i don't think he'll play both ends they have the la back to back with the clippers uh tomorrow night as well so let's see what that means that means, looks that like means
0: there, he's yeah. playing tonight and he's not playing tomorrow let me just let me just get <laughs> awesome. let me just clear that up he's playing tonight and he's yeah, not I already playing had tomorrow uh, lakers
1: fans <laughs> in my mentions saying uh you know oh great so we're going to get everybody tonight and then they'll all sit out tomorrow yep. against the
0: clippers and that's also why al horford sat out in the last game just like <laughs> the clippers did when they played the lakers they sat paul george the game before to make sure he was right? all rested up
1: What's crazy for the Celtics is they get the Clippers coming off a three-day rest. Yeah, and you know, on a back to back, and then they have a day off and have to go play the Suns. Suns coming off a three day rest, so yeah. this has been a this is a tough road trip. I've said all along, if they can pull off two and three on this road trip, that's really good. And then they get back home uh, in the middle of December for a long stretch. They are, I think, by the end of the road trip, they'll have played more um, road games to home games than any team in the league. Um, part of that just comes with a with an early road trip, but they they had a lot of a very road heavy early schedule and then things starting to lighten up a little bit uh, as far as travel goes but they don't play all the way through december i don't think they play another team that's under 500 for the rest of uh rest of the month uh, so that should
0: result yeah. in a pretty light second half of the schedule though which hopefully which
1: could be yeah i mean and by the second half too, some of these teams that are good now won't be because they'll have, uh, transition to other priorities
0: right um okay speaking of hamstrings Like that? Like that? Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso out at least a week. Like you mentioned, hamstrings are something that you usually don't want to mess around with, can be tricky, and so no surprise here that he's out at least a week. Wouldn't be a shock at all if he was out longer because, like you said, it's the kind of thing where if you aren't 100% and you come back, it can very quickly turn into something that's, okay, now you're out for a month. Now you're out for six weeks because hamstrings are just notoriously just tricky like that. So uh, Caruso out at least a week. Hopefully he does get fully 100% healthy before they put him back out on the floor.
1: Yeah, and uh, Billy Donovan also added he's got a little bit of a calf issue Mm -hmm. too. So sounds like this is a chance. But the problem for the Bulls is Boy, they're starting to get real shorthanded. Yeah, uh, Demar Derozan went into the COVID uh, nineteen health and safety protocols. Uh, the the sources indicate came out. I believe Sham Sharani was the first one to have this that he had a positive test, uh, which would mean that's a, a minimum of a ten day uh, absence, unless of course he returns the two negative tests twenty four hours apart. Uh, but the Bulls now it's Caruso, Derozan, Kobe White, Patrick Williams all on the shelf for key contributors. Because of the COVID-19 related positive tests, uh, the Bulls would be eligible for a hardship exemption uh, right away that they could uh, go in add a player uh, and b- bring someone in for um, uh, short term on this. So let's see if they go that direction or not. Their challenge is uh, Chicago's trying to keep, I think, some flexibility under the hard cap. Because right. if you remember, they did the sign and trade and they, they're only about nine and a half million under the hard cap. That is more than enough right now but if you want to make a trade later in the year you want to be able to bring on some salary so maybe they'll go without adding a player maybe lean on their two-way players a little bit more um will we'll see but the injury starting to mount as uh, multiple rotation players out for for the bulls who have who have gotten off to a really really good start
0: absolutely absolutely and uh just to, to wrap it up here with Alex Caruso in particular it's he only knows 100 miles an hour. So it's not like you can tell him, hey, go ahead and play, but take it easy. So just something to keep in mind with it. That's his personality. Uh, Ish Smith, also dealing with with health and safety protocols. (laughs) Five guys from
1: the Hornets now, including uh, really all five are rotation guys. And when you only play about a nine-man rotation as they do, that's not so good. They actually started last night. Did you see their their starting lineup last night?
0: I'm I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, they they went went without a point guard. They yeah. went to OT against Philly. I mean, Philly. Gordon Hayward can kind of handle the ball yep. a little bit for you, and so that's what they what they went to. But, yeah, yep. no point. But still, they. I mean, they went to OT against the 76ers, which is just really good. I mean, sometimes you get these, like, you know, circle the wagon situations where the team can just really come together and everybody is locked in because they know, yep. okay, I've got to be on my A game if we're going to get anything done. Uh, but, unfortunately, they, they still came up short in this one. Uh, but, I mean, when you look at their starting lineup, it's like, my goodness where did everybody's gone yeah.
1: yeah that's it yeah it was hayward and kelly Oubre did a lot of a lot of the ball handling mm-hmm. uh james book was essentially the backup yeah point guard the rookie um so yeah it's gonna it's gonna be rough for charlotte here they are also now eligible to add a player um for the hardship, my guess is maybe they go get a point guard um, mm-hmm. out of the G League, just get somebody up just to give them some semblance of a ball handler um, on the roster because you can get away with this for a game or two. Uh, Philly was out was, was without Tyrese Maxey, mm-hmm. so that made it a little bit easier because their kind of primary ball handlers were Shake Milton, right. uh, Seth Curry, who are not really you know speedy playmakers or anything like that. Um, so yeah, my guess is Charlotte will go the hardship and add a point guard. Uh, I've eventually and when they do we'll let you know
0: and the last story for us to get to nba expansion yeah no, no surprise here is likely to include seattle i think that's that's got to be the approach right has been let's yeah. say they're going to add in two teams it's seattle and then let's figure out who the other one is going to be i think that's got to be the lock is to bring a team back to seattle
1: yeah 100 it's seattle never should have lost the sonics yes. in the first place so uh yeah see the, the thought has been uh, anybody i ever talked to on this is it'll be seattle and another west team it'll, whether that be las vegas or some other team um that can go into the west with the idea then being uh either memphis or minnesota uh moves east mm-hmm. uh um probably memphis Me- memphis is the the uh Probably the uh, most misplaced team as being considered a West team as there is in the league. Now, if you look on a map, which I have done, uh, they are the... They're the easternmost Western Conference team, and they would be the westernmost Eastern Conference team, but they're still a heck of a lot closer to a lot of East Teams. There's also a lot of thoughts of if they go to 32 teams, uh that it's time to kind of redo the whole deal, uh, really look at divisions and all this other stuff uh with that. But this this comment came out of an article by John Hollinger, and what it was was he was at the Gonzaga, Alabama game, mm-hmm. which was played at Climate Pledge Arena, which which. which that is the former key arena in in, uh, downtown Seattle. And it was basically, he said like the renovations, which they did for the Seattle Kraken, the expansion NHL team is um, like that really brought the arena up to standard uh, for what you're looking for now Um, with that. They added a bunch of seats to the place and all that. So yeah, let's hope Seattle gets a team back soon. Um, You know, I am on record saying the NBA has more than enough talent to expand um, I know it's funny Then people are like, did you see what happened with Oklahoma City and Memphis? And it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, kind of on purpose. I mean, not to lose that bad, but um, but yeah. There, there, I mean, when you look at some of the guys who don't get minutes on NBA teams right now, there's a handful. of You you could build yourself a uh, decent uh, expansion roster yeah. out of that. Plus, selfishly, I want the, the content. Because I'll get, you know, I'll get a year's worth of content out of expansion stuff with expansion drafts, protected lists, trades, all the other stuff that goes into it. So I'm, you know, but the NBA roster nerd in me wants this desperately.
0: Well, that's that's part of, it. and I agree selfishly that would be fantastic for for us and for our show and everything like that. But but I look at what the NBA has got in terms of the way they set up expansion. It's not quite like MLS. An expansion team can come in and be good right away. NHL, sure. an expansion team can come in and be good right away. The NBA kind of makes it so expansion teams have to be bad right away, yeah. like in terms of the salary restrictions and things like that that they place on them. not saying an expansion team uh, is would be expected to come in and be good anyway, but they also kind of make it clear that, okay, the, you're going to come in and you're going to pay your dues here because you're going to be the doormat for, for a while uh, if you're an expansion team. Just the way things yeah. are set up in terms of how they would build out a roster, uh, in terms of the map, yeah, Memphis makes a lot of sense. But if you're Minnesota too, you're kind of off on an island. There's no Western yeah. Conference teams anywhere close to Minnesota. The closest is Denver. Like that's the yeah, closest team to the closer Wolves.
1: To yeah, they're closer to the Bucs and the Bulls than they and,
0: are to and uh, the Pacers and the Pistons yeah. and uh, yeah. the Cavs. I mean, they're they are they just looking at the map, they look like they're even closer to the Raptors than they are to their closest Western Conference team.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely if they go to. The expansion, which everything is said, it will be two teams. They yeah. don't want to go on the odd number, like they had a couple years ago when they brought in. Um, uh, gosh, who who was it? They, they were at twenty nine teams now, but completely is out of my my brain. When here. they
0: well, they brought uh, in what Orlando? They brought in. Uh, well, they brought
1: in Orlando, Miami, in Miami, Minnesota,
0: and and um,
1: char the original Charlotte right. all came in together, and then the oh, other when Charlotte- they brought in the
0: Bobcats yeah is that what you're thinking
1: yes they yeah i think so right yeah um but whatever it was that they, they they don't want to be back to an odd number of teams they, they right. want to be on an even even number uh so yeah so there'll be two teams that, that come in for sure um but with that so we'll, we'll see you know how that all kind of comes together uh with that so yeah it's um it's going to be be interesting one other piece of news um yeah. It's not exactly breaking news here because this has been out there for a while and it's really not NBA news, but it will impact the NBA. Okay. Is um Canada effective January fifteenth. Um you have to be fully vaccinated to enter Canada, um, as a as a as a foreigner to, uh-huh. to Canada. Um, so you will be you're If you're not vaccinated, you won't be able to go play uh, in Canada. So that's January 15th uh, with with that. So it's um – they, they go in, um, they won't be able to go. Um, it also says anybody, uh, Woj added a little bit of color, any unvaccinated NBA player with temporary visa status, so that's essentially a non-American-born right. player, leaving the country will be unable to re-enter the United States, according to a memo obtained by ESPN. For example, a player would be unable to re-enter after playing in Canada or traveling outside the U.S. on All-Star weekends. So wow. uh, much like they did last year, um, even though All-Star wasn't, what it normally is uh they really pushed everybody like don't, don't go, go like, crazy. stay whole yeah oh um, you know yeah with that so yeah let's let's see you know, where that goes but yeah it's uh we're we're still in this. Yep. Yeah, right. And it's uh, there's still stuff. I mean, we're still seeing seeing people go down. Um, they're also really pushing uh Tim Reynolds of the AP reported, we're up over sixty percent of players have received the booster. Right. The NBA's hoping that number will get even higher uh in the coming days as well. Um they're really pushing that to try to avoid void guys uh being out. Billy Donovan was asked, I think just because they're going through it right now with the Bulls with COVID. Um, had there been any Uh, thought process or questions to um, shutting down again or shutting even a team down and he said as far as he knows nothing has been even considered on that i've asked around a little bit and a lot of people said no it's not gonna be you'd have to have you know a full-scale outbreak where you know seven eight guys from a team like what we were seeing last season uh, happened so
0: yeah which we were getting there with the hornets but again this is that's one team right now so i don't think that's the path that we're headed down but we'll see Hey, let's close with
1: yep. with something else that makes me smile, a okay. big, big smile. Larry Bird's birthday today, the <laughs> legend, 65 years old, my all-time favorite player. Uh, let's hope the Celtics can get him a win in one of his favorite places to get a win tonight.
0: <laughs> Larry Bird. I For some reason, when you said that, I popped back to the old uh, McDonald's commercials with <laughs> nice. Larry Bird in them. And uh, yeah. what was it Larry and and Magic and Michael Jordan?
1: Playing horse, yeah, those were great.
0: Those were great. Off the backboard, off the the side of the roof, and you know. Anyway, those were fantastic. No doubt. All right, everybody. Tonight, Keith and I will be keeping our fingers crossed that our that our individual teams get a win. Tomorrow, we'll see if we're still friends. Till then, (laughs) see ya.